Welcome to an all-new episode of the Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. And on today's episode, I'll try to make friends with professional wrestler Braden Lee faster than he goes all gas, no brakes in the ring. Hi, I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Brayden, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. Hi, Logan. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, really pumped that you're here. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to uh, the podcast before, so I'll give you a quick overview of how it works, and then we'll just jump right in. Cool. Um, the first round is called Fast Forward Round, so this will be, you'll be putting my internet sleuthing skills to the test, uh, asking <laughs> questions about you and your life and things like that. The second round is called Five for Five, so I have five questions prepared for you. I think that you have five questions prepared for me. If not, you can wing it and come up yep. with them on the fly. <laughs> Uh, and then the last round, we'll use a paper fortune teller here to uh, reveal an activity that we'll play and end with a friend request. Cool. Sounds good. Sweet. Uh, we'll jump right in then. I'm just going to jump right into the fast forward round. My first question for you is I know that you, my research tells me that you went to high school in Danville, Indiana. Are you uh, a fellow Hoosier? So were you Indiana born and raised like me? Yeah. Yes, I was. Uh... Indiana born and raised. So actually the the thing about going to Danville though, was that I lived in a town called Bainbridge and my high school should have been uh, a high school called North Putnam high school, which is out by like green castle ish area. Um, but I was an amateur wrestler growing up and, um, just to put myself in a better situation, I transferred to Danville, which is just over the county line. So um, it wasn't like too far. I'm not trying to say like I had like this big, long commute to school or anything like that. But um, Danville wasn't like the high school like area that I grew up in. I just like transferred there. Um, but I do consider it home because that's where I made some of my like best memories and I wrestled there. And like, you know, I have that kind of like uh, warrior pride, I guess, for like, you know. Because, I mean, that's, that's what it was, you know, like, so uh, that place is pretty special to me. Um, so I looked up Danville on TripAdvisor because I was under the assumption that that was, was your actual hometown. Um, and according to TripAdvisor users, they say that Hardee's is the best fast food restaurant in Danville uh, with McDonald's, I think, in second place and Taco Bell as third. Do you how do you feel about that ranking as somebody who spent a lot of time in Danville? Do you think that's accurate? I would personally agree because like I was, I didn't go to Hardee's more than I went to the other two places. Well, actually in high school, I wasn't a big Taco Bell fan. So I went to McDonald's a lot, truthfully, but I would say Hardee's is the best because like, uh, I think overall Hardee's does have like the best fast food. I'd, I would say. And so oh, I, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're, you think that Hardee's has the best fast food, like uh, across all restaurants, not just those three. Well, so you got to break it up like in the categories. I know this is gonna be weird, but like we, I actually had this discussion with some friends a long time ago uh, on a wrestling road trip, and we were trying to talk about the best like you know road trip fast food uh, stop. Okay, and the thing about Hardee's is they don't actually have like the best anything. Like they don't have the best fries or the best burgers or the best desserts, but they're all really good. So they're like all around the best, you know, like you're not okay. going to get, you're not going to get poor quality when you go to Hardy. So I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. All right. Right on. We, I don't, um, we had a Hardee's in my like 
in the town that I grew up in, um, or the, I mean, the closest where restaurants would be where I grew up. And, uh, but it was only open for breakfast. It closed uh, at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they did have good breakfast. <laughs> yeah, they do have um, good. That's what I'm saying. They have good everything. So, like, I can't be like, uh, because, but that's just so weird. So. Yeah, it was very, it was strange. But, um, <laughs> and we, yeah, we would go there like after a night out because they would open pretty early. Uh, and then they would close at like 11 in the morning. So, oh I don't my know. Oh, gosh. It was weird. That, is, that is so strange. <laughs> so strange. Um, if you had to pick a TV show family that your family or household resembled when you were growing up, what family would you say resembled your family the most and why? That's a tough one. I think I would say we're very just like middle of the road in a lot of ways. Like I feel like when you have a TV show, there's always like one wacky character, but I don't think like we <laughs> had that. Like everybody was we had a pretty standard like white picket fence type setting kind of going on. That was that was kind of the vibe. So I maybe you have a better sense of like what family would fit that mold, but I don't <laughs> I, I don't know because we I couldn't imagine a TV show about us, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you were like Desperate Housewives, but without the drama, like the yeah, outwardly okay. projection. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Desperate Housewives. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my new answer, but I'm just gonna ignore the drama part. There was gonna be like. What? What do you mean desperate <laughs> <also> lives? <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show, but um, there was one family that was Brie Vandekamp was like the character. I don't even know why I remember this, but they seem very like white picket fence. Like they were so perfect to the outside world, but their family was a disaster, like behind closed doors, which was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the show, but probably not awesome in real life. If that was, you oh know. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I I think that's probably like a more fair assessment. I mean, like any family, you know, we like we had our problems or whatever, but like it was. I don't think we had like anything crazy going. We didn't have like any uh, family members who had like a scandal or did some like or were yeah. just the, the oddball out or anything. <laughs> like every everything was pretty like cut and dry, plain and simple growing up. So got it. How old were you when you started amateur wrestling? Uh, I started in sixth grade, which is actually pretty late. Um, yeah. To, to uh, if if you're like in like that kind of community, that's pretty late. Um, but yeah, I started in sixth grade, and I was pretty much just like a school wrestler. Like, and I don't mean that like offensively, but like, you know, like at that time and I had no idea, like, you know, people were doing it year round, like they wouldn't play other sports or even if they did, they would still be going to wrestling practice, like during football season and stuff like that. Um, and I was kind of like that at first, like I would do wrestling in the, in the wrestling season. Then I would do football during football season. I played baseball, I think until like seventh grade or eighth grade, maybe. Um, so I would be doing baseball too. Around seventh grade was when I started wrestling year round, though. Like I would um, I would go straight from like middle school practice to my academy practice after after that. And then um, basically like sport by sport, it just started to kind of windle down until I was literally like only wrestling, which was like crazy to be in middle school because I love football so much. Like I couldn't imagine giving it up. But by the time high school came around, it was like well, sophomore year of high school, I was done playing every sport except for wrestling. What was it about wrestling that you liked? I would say like at first I did it really to like impress my dad. Like that was like kind of why I started, um, okay. which I know isn't like the best reason, but like that was like <laughs> I and at the time in sixth grade and this is like kind of embarrassing in a way, but it's it's honestly true. Like I thought like like 
that was like a route into professional wrestling. Like I thought like, because I heard like, you know, I was like, this is wrestling and that's wrestling. So I thought that was like some kind of, even as a sixth grader, like you'd think by then I'd have like some kind of understanding, but like I didn't, um, I really thought that was like a route into professional wrestling. So I said, Oh, my dad did it. And then, um, I like pro wrestling. So maybe one day I can be a pro wrestler. And then I didn't like, they started rolling out mats and stuff. And I'm like, where's the the post and the, and the ropes and stuff. I said, this is weird. You know, like it's, and we're learning like double leg takedowns and not pile drivers. So I thought this is really strange that how it was, but that was honestly just where my head was. Like, I was like, I'm going to be a pro wrestler and my dad's going to be really happy because I'm doing what he did. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was like, basically, I guess how it started for me. And then, um, over time I became like, well, once I got better at it, I kind of realized like that was my best sport to like kind of get back to the question. That was ultimately why I liked it because I found the most success in it. And I liked that, um, there wasn't a team aspect to it, which is weird. I, cause I like a lot of team driven things now, but I think at the time I really enjoyed that I could, I had like full accountability basically, you know, like you couldn't really blame anybody for losing. Um, it, all the responsibility was on you. And I think that's still what makes it like so cool to me. Like, yeah, I mean, I, cause I helped coach or I was at least helping coach people for a while. Um, so I, I have always enjoyed the aspect of, um, it, it's on you completely. That's always been one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So it was, it was like a practice. I don't want to say like practice makes perfect, but like a practice makes perfect scenario. Like you weren't just naturally good at it, like graded it at the start. It took a lot of time and like effort and practice and things like that to get better. Yeah. I, I wasn't very good at the start. I was definitely, I went, I, I, so North Putnam and gosh, I'm going to sound like I'm bashing them here, but I'm not trying to. So we didn't like have like a tough wrestling schedule. Okay. Like we wrestled like our local County and maybe a few other schools in the conference. Right. And it was like, those schools weren't that great at wrestling either. Truthfully. So, and my first year I went like 17 and 13 and I, so I was barely over 500 and, yeah. but my school thought that was like really good, which I found to be very strange. Um, <laughs> so then I came back my seventh grade year and I only had two losses and one of them was to somebody who was, was really good. And so they thought like at that point, like it, it, the, the dichotomy, or I shouldn't say the dichotomy, that's not the best way to frame it. But like, there were two realities I was living in at the time where like, because I was training in like a club setting and I saw like really good wrestlers who like just would torch everybody. Um, I saw that and I said, okay, that's what I'm aiming for. But then when I would come home and I would wrestle in my local area, people thought I was like this crazy good wrestler and stuff. When really I was pretty middle of the road, I think in comparison, like I went 28 and two on my middle school schedule, but then I went to folk style, the state tournament, um, which has like a lot of weight classes. Like, so there's like a lot of kids that in different weight classes. And I like, I got fifth in my weight. So like, that wasn't even like that good in retrospect, you know? So it was, it was a weird thing, but I would say those first few years, yeah, I wasn't even really that good, honestly. Um, but at the same time I got weird hype, like from my hometown because they were like, Oh my gosh, you're so good. Like I heard rumors about me being like a national champion and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, I can't even win when like the state. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Was your, was your dad a good wrestler? 
He was uh, he was pretty decent. Yeah, he ended up he qualified for state as a senior, um, which which is pretty good, you know, to to make it to state in high school is a pretty big accomplishment, you know. Um, so he he was pretty decent, and I always had that kind of uh, um, drive from him, I guess. Like a, not like inherited drive, but like you know he he had a way of uh, kind of getting under my skin sometimes and making sure that I was staying like um, staying hardworking, staying consistent and uh, driving me to practice and just making sure I did the things that I needed to do to be successful. And at the time uh, I didn't always like it, but yeah. in hindsight, uh, definitely very appreciative of it. As dads do, right? Yeah. As, as dads do, <laughs> as he should have done like that. Definitely. As he should have done. I quit um, every sport that I played as a child because my dad would always end up being a coach. Mm, yeah, that can be that can be tough. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I just can't do this. Like it's, you know, because he had different expectations and um, and he was doing it. Like you said, it was like he had best intentions. Like he wanted me to be better. Of you know, course, he thought yeah. I was really enjoying it. But like, yeah, I was like, I just can't do this. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I always, uh, I always say to him now, it's his fault that I didn't ever play any sports past <laughs> like. <laughs> he, uh, I think the dangerous thing about and dangerous is kind of like a severe word, but I mean, like, you know, anytime, like, like from a kid's perspective, like you, you want your dad involved, but you like, you definitely want it to be like a healthy amount, you know, because like, if you really like what you're doing, you don't want to be like you don't want to feel like extra pressure, you know? And I definitely yeah. had that. It, 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 that's a balancing act itself. Cause sometimes you do need the extra pressure. You need that, that, you know, kick in the behind whenever you're starting to slack a little bit, you know? So yeah. it's not that it doesn't provide a role, but there's definitely like some, like I, cause I'm sure you've seen it too. You see like parents who kind of look like they're living vicariously kind of through their children. And you're like, Whoa, they don't want that just cause you want that for them. Doesn't mean they want that. So it's definitely like a tough thing, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you, you, you make the move to Danville to, mm -hmm. uh, to focus on wrestling and, and have, I'm assuming wrestling you mentioned earlier, but it was like, it was through the lens of like trying to get access to better. I don't say better. Like that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? You were trying right. to like move the goalposts a little higher than what you could get in your local high school. Let's say it that way. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a pretty impressive wrestling career in high school, I think, um, based on what I could find. So just to like, I'm going to ramble off a couple of things like, um, County champion, multi-times like sectional champion, um, semi-state qualifier multiple times, um, a two-time IHSAA state qualifier. Um, what am I, am I missing anything big? Uh, I, I wouldn't say so because I feel like that's the part where I have to like brag and like, I'm not going yeah. to. So, so I definitely, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I am very like, uh, happy with, uh, with the career that I had, um, definitely, definitely very proud of the things that I was able to do in hindsight, you know, like as an adult, I can always look back and be like, Oh man, I could have done this or could have done that. But you know, that's whatever I I always look back and I'm thankful for like all the things that I got to experience. In fact, some of my like greatest memories from wrestling are actually like downfalls. They're not even like winning tournaments or anything like that. They're kind of like, um, like I remember one year I, I was in a car accident, um, two months before this like huge national tournament that I planned on going to. 
and it, it allowed it didn't allow me to train properly for it but i still decided to go even though i had the car accident and i couldn't train and i went out there and i'll never forget this okay so i i trained for maybe two weeks and i got to this big national tournament and um and i get wiped you know i go oh and two and i'm eliminated just like that and after my second loss my academy coach who was one of the the best people i ever had in my life like one of the one of the absolute best coaches i ever had uh he came up to me like i just lost like i'm fresh off the mat uh he shakes my hand and says good job wasting your parents money and then he walked away and i was like yeah like i mean it sounds harsh but that's kind of like how he was and like i that was, that's one of my greatest memories in a way, because I remember thinking like, I wasn't even mad when he said it. I was literally like, wow, he's kind of right. Like I just came, I like, like how silly of me to think I could come out to a tournament like this big with two weeks of training and like actually perform. Okay. Like that was like a silly thing to even think. Mm-hmm. So, but that, but, uh, wrestling was again, like kind of rewinding it back to like at the very start of this, like that was one of the things I always liked about it was just there's only there, the accountability is all on me, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I, those are honestly my greatest memories of like both failure and triumph in a way, you know? Yeah. Were you uh were you also a good student or did you like, sometimes people like focus on one thing or the other. A lot of times people do both. Like, um, where, how were you as a student? Um, mediocre, Be, but it was more for a lack of trying. Um, I don't think, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just very much the student that like didn't do his homework and then I'd come in the next morning and be like, Oh hey, who did the homework? Okay, like write it down real quick or whatever, you know. Like that was kinda of, that was kinda of me. So very, very very mediocre. I didn't have like bad grades. I think I had like I had mostly A's and B's. So like I wasn't okay. like a, a bad student, but um definitely didn't try. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom would always say like now just think, cause like I, I did okay too. Like I usually was in the ABCs range, you know, yeah. uh, math and science were harder for me cause I just didn't really get it. But, um, for sure. yeah. she, math, math she would say things. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't like math either. <laughs> nope. Nope. I had to take, I took like, uh, algebra. I feel like so many times, like, because I just didn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I had to keep retaking it. Um, and I was like, I'm never going to like advance. I'm never going to graduate just from like needing to get these credits for math. Yeah. Um, my mom would always say though, like in other classes, she'd be like, Oh, you got like a B like, that's pretty good. But like, imagine if you had applied yourself. Yeah. I and mean, then you're like, uh, okay, mom, I get it. Like, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's what I say sometimes now, cause I'm sure we'll, we'll get down the road to my college years and that that's a whole nother, <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother can of worms. But, uh, yeah, kind of this, kind of the same deal. Like just, yeah. Yeah. If I tried mom, I know, but I was, yeah. I was 17 and I didn't know what I was doing and I just thought I had it all figured out. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, did you have, so I have two questions about high school that are somewhat themes that I ask people, um, not on every episode, but a lot of times they come up. So, um, the first is, were you like named any of your like yearbook superlatives, like most likely to be president or any of like those weird things? Did you get it? Did you win any of those? Nope. 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 Big, big, no, just, uh, (laughs) yeah, very boring. (laughs) And did you have any um, teachers that you would consider like attractive enough that would be like a teacher crush? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not in high school. No, Dang. no, I don't think so. It was no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember all my my teachers honestly, and 
man, there's, I can't even remember that many of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got to go with no because I can't even remember any of them. So, and you probably remember if they were worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, a, I mean, because yeah. usually yeah, it was like a topic of discussion. We had like a couple yeah. real hot teachers. That's why I bring it up. Oh, um, no, no. I totally imagine that is the case. I just don't, th- I'm really struggling to, the only teachers I can think of right now are like my, one of my algebra teachers, because you brought it up, and then like my freshman English teacher, and then my senior econ teacher, but that's a dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what? So let's yeah, let's fast forward to college a little bit. Is uh, is it wrestling that ultimately took you to the University of Indianapolis, or did you want to go to Indianapolis and you just happened to go there and also wrestle? Uh, I think that's like probably a little bit of both because like I wanted to wrestle there, um, but okay. I. I was training like in a lifting, um, I, I guess I was going to say lifting gym, but I mean like what else would you do there? But it was like, it wasn't like a, a planet fitness style gym. It was like a set classes, like every hour it was like performance training. Basically I was going to a gym like that and all those guys, all the coaches there, they graduated from UND. So that was like, okay. I had it in my mind, like that's what I was going to do. So Okay. Okay. Did you know what you wanted to do? Like, did you go there knowing like, I want to major in this because after school I want to do this or were you like, I'm just going to like be undeclared and figure it out? Um, so I thought I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I thought I knew what I was going to do after, but then, um, again, for a lack of effort, uh, that quickly fell apart. So, Um, I was going to do exercise science and then I thought like I would be like a personal trainer or something like that too. Um, but when you're studying things like biology and chemistry, you kind of have to actually try. And, uh, I didn't, so that fell apart very quickly. So (laughs) what did you, what did you end up changing to? Um, political science, my sophomore year. Yeah. So Yep. I said I, I was desperate to kind of turn my my grades around and I was really getting into um, politics and political discussion at the time. So I decided that because I was interested in it, I would probably put more effort into it. And this is like a weird sidebar. Um, but I also took a year off from school because I ended up joining the Navy Reserve. So like I took a whole year off, got to like refresh, had like some some real life experience, I guess. And when I came back, I said, I'm going to get my grades up just because like I should, and I'm going to do something that I like at least. Um, and okay. so that, that was that kind of led to me being like a, a poli sci major. Can I ask, um, how bad your GPA got the first year? Uh, it was, it was like, yeah, it was like two, 2.3, I think maybe, I think that was, yeah, it was pretty low. It was not, not okay. good. I had a lot of, especially because a lot of the classes that I did pour in, they were the higher credit hour classes, you know, like my four credit hour classes, I was getting like D pluses and C minuses. In, and it was like, you know, that stuff will tear your GPA down. So it was not a good situation. Not, not looking back. (laughs) (laughs) I had a 2.0 my first semester, which is why I asked. Okay. Yeah. See, like it's, and I definitely believe there's like some element of adjustment, especially like, cause you kind of sound like me in the sense that you're like, you could put more effort in, but you're just kind of like squeaking by having a good time, you know, just living your life or whatever. And that was kind of like my attitude, my first semester. So this actually surprised me when I was like researching, it was harder to find statistics on your college wrestling record than your high school record. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I, I like did some sleuthing, but I couldn't find much by way of, uh, by way of like records and stats. How did, how did wrestling go for you at university of Indianapolis? 
Yeah, so there's like a lot of uh, there's a lot of layers to that. Truthfully, um, not not very well, I would say. Um, there was a lot of like uh, just a lot of like bad decisions on my part. I mean, that's like all I can attribute it to. I, I did a lot of growing up throughout college, um, being on my own. Um, so it was it's one of those things where. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in college, like a lot of things that I look back and I'm like, wow, like I can, I feel like a whole different person now. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of like just poor decisions made that stemmed from like, uh, I, I guess like laziness a little bit. There was a lot of like unsure, like I was kind of unsure after I got back from the Navy about like what I wanted to do and like what direction I was going in. Um, I got injured a couple times too, like which didn't help. So it was like, um, it, it was an, exp- if, if I could probably do, I'm not like a big regret guy. Cause I'm one of those people who like believes that like things that happen to you kind of, I would say happen for a reason, but like you're meant to kind of like learn from those things and they're, and they're meant to teach you in a way. So I don't look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I would have done that so different. But if I had to pick like one time in my life, I would change things. It would probably be like my college wrestling years, like for sure. Um, just just wasn't like, I, I don't really know like what I would do differently because, uh, maybe I just would have quit altogether. Honestly, that's probably like what I think about the most. That's probably what I should have done. Cause my heart wasn't in it. So I probably just should have quit. Cause it wasn't until like my senior year of college that like, I really like was like, okay, I'm going to like get it together this year. I'm going to figure it out. And you know, so, um, there, there's pro- there's a good reason you couldn't find a lot of information honestly. So, <laughs> um, did you get it together your senior year? Were you able to pull it together? No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I did I did in a lot of ways, but I did get in trouble for something my senior year that got me like temporarily like suspended from the team. Basically, just a lot of like dumb decisions like that. Just like where my head was, you know, like I, I, that first semester, I remember thinking like of my senior year, at least I remember thinking like, this is my last year of college. Like I'm going to like have fun. I'm going to get good grades and I'm going to kind of like, uh, get it together a little bit at the same time. I'm going to do all three of those things. I'm going to have like the perfect like college, like senior year basically. And then I ended up uh, completely ruining it just by, um, by proxy of trying to have too much fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, in a, in a lot of ways, I would say, no, I didn't get it together in some areas I did, but um, I I definitely had a few bumps in the road as well. So it wasn't a complete loss though. It wasn't a complete loss. No, it's just one of those things where again, I, I, I don't necessarily think I would change it because I did a lot of growing from those experiences. Truthfully, like I'm really thankful those things happened. Um, but it does stink to like my teammates and my coaches who like had to kind of like endure that, you know, I guess I kind of, from their perspective, it's like a complete letdown, complete mm-hmm. failure. Um, I guess like, and I, and that way I kind of look at it the same way. Um, but I guess I wouldn't change it in the sense that like, it's kind of led me to where I am and you know, all that, all that cool stuff. So <laughs> what, um, I want to switch gears to pro wrestling a little bit. Um, you mentioned earlier, you grew up, um, you were a fan as a kid and thought that amateur wrestling maybe was a path there. What, um, when did you decide that you were going to actually train to be a professional wrestler? And when did you start training? Uh, all of this was kind of decided like during my senior year of college, because, um, 
Uh, well, I, I would say my junior year is when I really started to think about it. Um, I put all the plans into motion, like at the very end of my junior year, start of my senior year. And I would just be sitting in my room watching Lucha Underground sometimes. And I was like, I always wanted to do that, like all throughout my life. And then like during college, it kind of faded away. But I said, now is like a good time. Like I'm young and I can... I have like a, a passion to kind of do it. Cause like I'm watching it and I'm just like enthralled with it. So I'm like, this is definitely something I want to, I, I want to do at least try see what, see what I can make of it. So I was looking around for wrestling schools actually. And I was, and you know, when you Google that online, it's not like a simple thing, you know, you're not just <laughs> going to find like the local wrestling school or whatever you're going to find. Like, ring of honor and you're going to find uh, black and brave and you're going to find like that. And I said, okay, like, so I kind of started putting this plan together to move down to Georgia and train at the WWA four school. Uh, that's ran by AR Fox. And that was kind of like this tentative plan I had. I was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta after I graduate and I'm going to train and I'm just going to kind of see where, where wrestling takes me. But then moving kind of became problematic because I didn't have enough money saved up and I kind of wanted to just go with it. So I was like, I maybe I need to look somewhere local first. So I came across uh, Billy rock. Actually, that was the first name I came across. So I shot Billy rock an email and I was like, Hey, like I'm interested in training, but it turns out he closed his school down. So then he sent me to another, uh, another company. And when I messaged them, they just didn't respond. So I was like, man, like this is like now I'm at a dead end, like complete dead end. I got nothing now. And uh, I was complaining about it at, at my Navy job. Actually, I was saying, man, like I've really wanted to be a pro wrestler, but like I can't find any place to train. And he goes, you know, I think I know a guy that does this. Actually, he's like, I'm not sure, but I think. And I said, OK, so he hooked me up with him and then I ended up. Uh, getting in contact with that guy and I went to their uh, one of their shows and then I started going to more of their shows and then eventually they kind of just took me under their wing and uh, I started training at New Era Wrestling which is in Shelbyville um, mm -hmm. and that was that was basically how it how it started was just uh, kind of just trying stuff and I like who would have known that like and I'm I try not to complain in my daily life but who would have known that like just complaining about something would ultimately get me there so <laughs> um do they have I'm not I'm not as familiar with like their their um so I know of the company but like do they have like a formalized training school like that you go through and you take like I don't know it's like six months of training or whatever um or, or is it like you kind of just come pay like a weekly you learn learn and then like start having matches um, it was kind of like in between. So like at the time they only had like one other student they were training. Um, so it was just him and I for a while. Um, but we would meet like, it was like consistent in, in a sense. That's why I say at the time it was kind of in between. Now they kind of have something like they have like a ring that's up year round and, uh, and they have like a class. I'm pretty sure of like five or six guys right now. Um, so it, it's more of a thing now, but it was kind of like taking shape. Like when I started, cause then I brought one of my friends in. So then we had three people. And then like, I think a month after he joined, we had two other people join. So we had a small class of five as like the inaugural, uh, new era wrestling class, basically. Um, it was pretty much like, um, like we, we would have to do a lot of, 
maneuvering to kind of make training happen because we only had one ring and he used it for his shows, but he also did ring rentals for other companies. So what we would do is we would have to work all the shows that he had ring rentals for. So we would set up and tear down all those shows. Uh, then we would have to take it back to the barn where the where the ring was, and then we'd have to you know set the ring up again. And then when it was time for another show, we'd have to tear down and and all that good stuff. So um, it wasn't like just like a like an academy or like a, maybe like some of the other like more prominent schools, I guess. Like I, I don't think it's more like that type of setting, but it was a fairly strict regimented, like twice a week, you know, we're training at 6 PM. I'm pretty sure it was the time. And that, so it was like fairly formal. How long was it? How long did you train before you, I know you mentioned like you would have to do the shows of setting up and tearing down and all that with the ring. How long did you train before you had your first match? It was about nine months, I believe, which okay. I thought was like kind of fast. Um, because I heard like, you know, you read online and stuff and some people will say, Oh, you trained for one to two years before you have a match. And then I, a lot of my friends, I talked to them and they're like, I had my first match three weeks in. And I was like, Whoa, dude, like that is insane to me because, but they would, it's, it's basically like how you would expect it to be. You know, you're just getting thrown to the wolves basically. But I felt like that nine months and I don't think there's ever like a time you're going to be like ready for it in a sense. Um, yeah it's, it's trial, trial by fire kind of. So, so we talked to, or I used the phrase, uh, all gas, no breaks earlier. Um, which is, which I've seen you describe as far as like wrestling style for people that may not have seen you wrestle before. How does that translate to like, if somebody's watching a match of yours, what can they expect? What does all gas, no breaks translate to in the ring? Yeah. For me, it, it's just one of those, like, um, it's, it's just a good way to describe, um, what I go for. So I just do a lot of stuff like that's, that's what, how typically my matches are kind of like, like, I don't want to say like structured, but there, that's kind of just like how they end up going is it's just like a constant like battle, like back and forth. And I just like, kind of don't stop. And like, um, I, I, I mean, it, it basically just applies in the sense that like, I, from like a cardio perspective, like, you know, taking punishment, but also like, not like never really getting tired. Like I'm just going to keep going. So like, that's typically like how I describe kind of like my, my wrestling styles. Like I just keep, keep going. Like we're just, we're just going to keep doing stuff. So <laughs> how much cardio do you do in a week to, to stay being all gas, no breaks? Um, I mean, I don't have like a regimented like cardio thing, which is actually something I'm trying to work on because I'd like to make it even, uh, I'd like to make it better truthfully. Um, but I don't have like a regimented like cardio thing. I do it like a couple times a week maybe, but like I would say, um, yeah, I don't have like a strict like regimented thing that I do. Like I'm, I'm definitely more regimented on like lifting than I am cardio. You've been wrestling for some pretty, pretty big, um, independent promotions like AAW, um, GCW mentioned earlier. Um, I know you've done IWA Mid-South. You've been on a couple of like AEW darks, AEW dark elevations. Um, what what's sort of next for you? What's your like? Where are you where do you want this trajectory to go for you with wrestling? Uh, my goal has always been to wrestle in Japan. That's like been my biggest like like that's my kind of like I made it. Like if I like got like flown to Japan to wrestle and then like the next day I had to retire, I wouldn't be like okay with that. Like for what okay. for like yeah like that's always been like my 
my kind of like end all be all is like I need to like make it to uh, Japan and and wrestle like I mean it wouldn't even matter like who I wrestled truthfully like I mean I I just want like the privilege of being like in that culture and that environment and uh, that that's like my big that that's got to be it for me. Um, so that's ultimately where I'd like to see it go. Anything after that would be just a bonus at that point. So it's, um, it's indescribable Japan. Like it's a whole different world of wrestling over there. So that's, that's awesome to hear that. Uh, those are all the questions I have for, for the first round. Are you still good to move into the second round? Yeah, I think I'm good to move into the second round. Uh, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> awesome. So this round is called the five for five round. Um, it is named after an Arby's culinary deal from the 1990s where you would get five classic roast beef sandwiches for $5. Um, <laughs> and so, I have five questions prepared for you. You have five questions for me. So um, you're the guest. I'll allow you to ask your your first question first, and then I'll ask my first question, and we'll just go back and forth. Okay, cool. So uh, the question that I have, and, and I should preface this. So I didn't want to like have questions that like other people didn't or like have already asked. So I'm going to hope that none of the questions that I think of have not been asked yet. Um, if if they are, you just tell me and I'll come up with something different. <laughs> but, um, the first question I would say I have for you is you said that you like you, or at least your show intro says that, you know, you used to work in uh, professional wrestling. Um, and then this is the first show, this, uh, first sale show that you're having is your first show back in a while. So, um, why now, I guess, and why for sales? Um, no, it's a good, it's a great question. So, um, I'll start with the second part first. Um, so I grew up in a town that was like 20 minutes away from Versailles and, um, and I remember like I went there for something with one of my aunts, it might've been like a rummage sale or something like very weird. Right. Cause it's, mm-hmm. um, the building that, that I, that we're using is, um, it used to be a high school and then it was converted to like a community center. Um, and so it has like the, the old like basketball, uh, gymnasium, you know, that's very like Indiana, like 19, I don't know when it was built, like 1950s, 60s, something like that. And I remember walking into the gym through the front door and at like, t- at like 20 years old, I literally looked around and I was like, this would be a great venue for wrestling. And I, it's, it's always stuck in my head. And so, um, it, it's just been like that. That's why the Versailles and, and it's it's important to me. Like, so I live in Chicago now in the Chicago area, but I grew up in Southeastern Indiana. Um, and it's important for me. I also do stand up comedy and like, I always try to bring the shows back and produce them in that community. Because when I went live there and when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot to do as far as activities. Um, and so it's important to me that like to come back and try to, to do things there in the community versus like in a city like Chicago, where there's like 5,000 things to do. Um, why now? Um, okay. So I worked, I worked in wrestling in college. I actually started my sophomore year at the Heartland Wrestling Association, which was a WWE developmental league, um, working with Les Thatcher and, um, he ended up eventually selling the company. And then I stayed there with the other ownership for a while. Um, I kind of had to, (laughs) I had to, I had a moment when I like turned 25 where I was like, I've got to like, I have to start making money. (laughs) So I, I mean, wrestling doesn't pay, right? Like at at that level. And so, um, I had been interviewing at WWE. Um, I not my, the job that I wanted there did not work out. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to stop like having part-time jobs or like weird, 
like contract work. I was working through like staffing services and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I was like, I've got to, I also had like $90,000 in student loans. So I was like, I've got to like get a job. Yeah. Um, so I left wrestling in t- 2005, um, and started working in advertising agencies, which is just as dramatic. Um, but, um, I, at the, I'm at the point now where like I, so AEW has like reignited my interest, um, because I, I feel like WWE got a little, it, you know, it goes into ebbs and flows, but it's been stale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fun to see people like riled up about wrestling again and like enjoying going. And, and I'm not saying that's all AEW, right? Like right. there's a ton of amazing stuff going on right now, not just AEW. Um, but so I was like, I, between that and like having a little bit of financial stability where I can actually like pay people to be on a show. Um, cause that was the other thing, right. Is like, it's, um, it's, you don't, <laughs> you don't make a lot of money in wrestling. And so, True. um, I can't ask people to come wrestle for like $10. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's the why, and that's the why, or that's the why now. And that's the why there. Oh, very cool. I no, that's a, that's a good answer. I think. <laughs> yeah. The, and, and the show is, uh, operating as like almost like a trial. So if it goes well, um, and if it's well received in the community, the goal is to eventually, um, s- like start a recurring series of them, not like weekly, monthly, even, I mean, it would be maybe like four times a year at the most, I would say. Oh, very cool. So it's not like, I'm not like, you know, trying to get a TV deal and stuff out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my first question for you is, um, and this is related to my show, the independent wrestling shows often have really terrible names like mine, the malice of Versailles. What's the worst independent wrestling event name you've heard in your time in wrestling? Oh man. I, I okay. I can't say like, cause I, I'm not thinking of one off the top of my head, but I know that the, the thing that stresses me out the most is when I see a show title and it's spelled wrong and it's not even a good name. Like both of those things stress me out together. Like I'll, I'll see the flyer and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they misspelled revolution. Why did yeah. they like, like, how did you misspell that? <laughs> like did, who, who double checked this flyer? Like, They'll have like an, they'll have like an A in it. It'll be yeah. like rev, rev, a revolution, and then somebody will point it out, and they'll try to pretend like no, it's like that's like an O actually. No, it's an A, dude. <laughs> like, like we can see it. Like you, yeah, you spell check. Yeah, it's so so. I've seen that for sure, where like people spell like revolution wrong and like all kinds of stuff. But I. I I, w- I wish I had like a better t- uh, a better time to go through my phone right now and kind of dig through because I'm sure I can find some pretty <laughs> some pretty uh, extravagant ones. But uh, I, w- I would say like just as a general answer, if you misspell the flyer or the the show name on your flyer, that's going to stress me out like pretty hard. Yeah. And I'm not going to want to share it. I'm going to share it against my will. So sure. <laughs> Oh, my character awesome. might so, have to uh, make make fun of you for misspelling it. So yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, you, uh, it's time for your second question for me. Uh, the second question I had was that. Um, so you said you did. Do you still do stand up comedy, or you did stand up comedy? Um, I do stand up comedy, but I haven't been doing it during the pandemic. Okay, so my wife yeah. has like a, um, and a, like a compromised immune system. So we're uh, like, on yeah. The, 
Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I've still been writing it, but I haven't performed since. Actually, I performed like a couple weeks before the lockdown. So, and we had a show that was supposed to happen. Okay. Like that right after. So that that's okay. So that'll it, that'll help me with my second question. So um, I don't know if you watch like a lot of stand up comedy. It's something that me and my fiance have kind of been getting into recently. Um, but who would you say are some of your favorite performers going today? I know today. a lot of people like to do who are your influences, but yeah, who are, who are some yeah. of the people you think are just like killing it today? Um, so there's, there's a guy that I actually just saw on the Netflix standups, uh, like standup special. So it must've just come out recently. Whose name is Dusty Slay. Um, he's a very, (laughs) he's probably a niche. Like, so I think he'll either appeal to you or not. Um, but it was very, uh, reminiscent of like my extended family and like growing up. And so, um, I, I found him to be hilarious. Mm Um, I, my some of my favorite comedians, um, as far as like killing it on performing, are um, like Fortune Feimster. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She has an amazing special on Netflix called um, Salty and Sweet or Sweet and Salty. I can't remember which order. Right. Um, but she's she's an ama- she's amazing. Like she's somebody that I look up to as far as like oh I would love to be able to like crush it like her. Um, I, I'm really into a lot of the like Chelsea lately comedians, which is a show that's been off the air for quite some time, but like Sarah Colonna was on there. Um, Ian Carmel who hosts a podcast that's amazing. And he like writes for James Corden. Um, fortune Feimster was on there. Jiffy wild, Josh Wolf. Like these are people like that. I still watch and gravitate towards. Um, I'd say those are like the people that I kind of like keep an eye on and say, like I look up to as far as people that I would like try to emulate or like count as an influence. Very cool. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not familiar with any of those people, but uh, since you said some of them are on Netflix, I definitely know what I'm gonna be looking for next time. I need a comedy special to watch. So, yeah, Fortune. Fortune is a really good special to watch. Um, it's also funny because we we kind of look similar. <laughs> um, like one time I met her at a show and uploaded the picture to of her and I, and Facebook tried to tag her as me. Oh, which wow. I thought was weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Um, so I would, I would start with her. It's maybe like a 45 minute to an hour special, but it's, it's a, it's a good one. Okay. I'll definitely check that one out then. Holding, <laughs> holding you to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Please report back. Um, <laughs> my second question for you is, um, what is something that you would say you are snobby about? And I can give you an example Ooh. if you want. Cause I feel like everybody has like their things that they're like very specifically into. Um, so yeah, I, in general, you don't really come off as snobby, but like, is there something where you're like, I refuse to compromise on that. Like I have to have it this way. Mm, oh, wow. Okay. Something that I refuse to compromise on. Um, yeah, this probably isn't the best answer, but, but this is like very true. So, um, so I actually, uh, became a vegan last year. And so I don't compromise on that. Like a lot of people will like try to get me to like eat stuff and I like don't compromise. I'll, I actually, I take that. I did make one, but I said never again because it actually like messed with me really bad. So like somebody was trying to be super nice to me about it. They were trying to like buy me food that like they thought I could eat and I knew I couldn't. 
but I was like, okay, I'll just have like the smallest amount, make them think like, okay, like whatever, like I'll, I'll just suffer through it. And then I'll tell them later, like that, Hey, this is like, I can't have this. Okay. And then I did that and it like messed with my stomach really bad. Um, so never, so never again, like, cause so that's something that I like don't compromise on except for the one time I did, but I learned. So <laughs> <laughs> never again, never again. I did not, it, it's just one of those things that like, I, I do feel very strongly about, I try to be like a, I, I would say I try to be, but sometimes I can be like a people pleaser. You know, I think we all kind of have like that innate, like wanting to make sure like people we care about, like feel good about us and stuff like that. So that was kind of like what I did, but looking back, I, if I had known it was going to mess with me the way it did, I would have been like, no, definitely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I don't compromise on, uh, on that. All right. That's, that's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's time for your third question for me. Okay. Third question for you. So I see you're wearing, I know the, the listeners can't see this, but you're wearing a Cincinnati Bengals hat right now. Um, so what, what do you, th- what do you actually think is going to happen in the Super Bowl? I know you want your team to win, but do you actually think they can win? Do you think they can beat? do you think they can beat the Rams? So first of all, let me just caveat this by saying I'm not a football expert. Okay. Um, I, I grew up um, in southeastern Indiana, which is very close to Cincinnati. Um, this has been a really exciting season. I've been much more invested than I have been since like probably like 2006 um, in the Bengals. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that they can pull it off. And, and the reason is I, it just seems like um, too good to be true still. Like I'm still like getting coming to terms with like the Sunday win, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, crazy. um, it was, and, and you know, it's like, um, I would love to be proven wrong, but I just don't know that they can do go all the way. Like, and here's the thing it's to me, like, obviously they're there and I would love for them to win, but it's also like this, you know, it doesn't feel like it's potentially the last time. You know, so like if they have to come back next year or like the next year, like they're, I think, I hope that they only just get better and better. So that makes sense. um, So I, I am hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. I've been saying the whole time though, that I thought like, well, this is probably it. Like this is probably the end of the road. Um, and, and they just keep pulling it out. So, um, I will say Evan McPherson, I feel like. I hope to God everyone is protecting his leg at all costs. Like he is yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I think you're right about the the future aspect of that team. Like I think a lot of Bengals fans are probably not like, obviously I'm just assuming things here. I have no idea, but I think a lot of, a lot of them probably fall into your camp of like, Oh my gosh, this is it. But I don't think they are thinking long-term. I think a lot of them are like, Oh my gosh, we made it to the Super Bowl this year. Like we have to win. But I think, looking at that team up and down, there's a lot of like positive things to be excited about in the future. Like this isn't like a team that's going to like not make the playoffs next year. They're not, this isn't like a a Cinderella run and then it's going to be over. You know, I think, I think this is going to be a, a a top contender for probably the next few seasons. So I think, I think you're right. Um, my third question for you (laughs) is, um, so I found this amazing post of yours um, oh on social media. I don't, I don't know if I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been digging a lot. Um, okay. That says, 
the caption of it, or it might have been like a meme that was shareable or something, but it said, men and men only, tell me a song by a woman you sing with your whole chest. Yeah. And your answer was Fantasy by Mariah Carey, which, number one, respect. Um, <laughs> so my question is, um, first of all, I have two. it's a two-part question. Okay. Do you go with a standard version of Fantasy, or are you more of a fan of the remix with Old Dirty Bastard? No, I definitely, definitely standard. Uh, standard. Yeah, I... Well, so it, this is like a this is like a weird a weird thing, I guess, when it comes to music. Is I really do enjoy like I, I granted that's a remix, which is a little different, but I do really enjoy covers of songs. But I almost always like the originals better, like like slightly. But there are some times where I'll hear a cover of a song and I'm like, wow, that was actually a lot better. I'm kind of the same way with remixes. Like very seldom, I think does the remix and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that was even better than the original. I'd say most of the time I'm pretty, I kind of like the, the original way it's done or maybe, maybe I'm just biased to like, cause that's how I heard it first. So like, that's how it should be to me. But yeah, I'm definitely like Mariah Carey only. So, <laughs> um, so my second part of the question was going to be, I was going to ask you to sing a few bars of the song. Hard pass. I, I want people to come back and listen to your show in the future. Okay. So I don't, I don't want them to now we're never coming back here again. He knows how many guests he's going to have sing done. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. It's time for your fourth question for me. Uh, so my fourth question for you, uh, kind of goes back to the show, I guess. So, um, cause as far as I know, we've never met. Okay. That's prior correct. to this. Right. So uh, I was kind of curious as to what prompted you to, uh, reach out to either like me or just any talent in general on your show. Like, have you been keeping kind of an eye on certain things or what's kind of been like your take with, uh, indie wrestling over the last few years? Yeah. Um, I, so I do keep an eye on like just indies in general. Um, and for me, um, I am trying to, because again, there's like the vision of like, um, potentially doing more shows. Um, mm -hmm. I want to book people who I have seen like with that have like uh, what I would call upward, traje upward trajectories. Um, and so I feel like the, my first like exposure to you was actually, I think an AEW show. Um, I wasn't at the show live. I feel like I watched it online. Um, but then also like, I think GCW. So I've seen, um, I've seen a couple of your matches and then like knowing that you were also local, I was like, Oh, this is like, this could be a really good fit for somebody. When I say local, I mean, relatively, right? Like right. you're not like in California where you have yeah. to like to take like three plane rides to get yeah. to a show in Indiana. Um, so yeah. So for me, I was like, okay, like, and this sounds really bad, but I'll just say it anyway too. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people um, don't look like a wrestler. Everybody, so, likes their own, everybody likes their own thing, you know? Yeah. yeah because I'm like, and this is, this goes back to like working with less, um, which is funny. Cause I'm like this fucking fat asshole, like sitting here saying this, but like, I feel like when people pay money to see you wrestle, they're paying to see a professional wrestler even if it's only like a $10 ticket, right? Like mm -hmm. in Versailles. Um, and so like, I, I kind of have like in my head, like this weird, like set of criteria that I kind of just use when I see people and then like keep them in my mind. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to reach out to this guy and see if he, if it's, <laughs> and it is weird. Like, cause if you haven't met somebody, you're basically just like throwing out randomly and you're like, okay. Um, I don't really have a lot, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been doing shows for 15 years. Like I, 
my my reference list is short at this point. Um, so yeah, it, it was like a big gamble, but um, that that was that was what prompted me to reach out. And and the same for most. I also have a buddy named Tim who I have to give a shout out to Tim Tatum who um, used to run shows back in Cincinnati as well, um, and he's still in Ohio. And so he has helped tremendously with um, recommending some of the talent as well. So it's been a combination of those, those two things, but yeah, I try to keep an eye on like the indie wrestling scene and like, you know, um, what, what's going on. Cause to me, like that's a, I, there's, that's where a lot of the best wrestling is happening. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think a lot of people are, like you said earlier, a lot of people are very excited about the, the climate of wrestling outside of just WWE. I think a lot of people are excited with like AEW and GCW, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think you're, you like hit it like right on the head with that. It's a good time to be like a professional wrestler. So. Absolutely. And yeah, GCW is killing it, man. And like, yeah. like Cardona's whole thing that he's doing, like, he's just like the hottest, like literally one of the hottest people in the whole industry. And he's like yeah. un, unsigned, you know, which yeah. is, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's it. Like I, um, yeah, just try to keep an eye on, on who people are, you know, cause Cause also, again, like I said, I have some, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to pay people to do this, but I'm also not like, it's not like I'm bankrolling like Tony Khan or Vince. So I can't hire like people that need like $10,000 for a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was pretty like, uh, I was pretty, uh, when I saw like the, the rundown of the card, I was like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, this guy's definitely done like some, some scouting and some research. So, uh, that's, so I was curious as to like how, um, again, because you said you've been out of it for a minute. I was like, well, I mean, he's probably watching, but I, I'm just curious how he came across like the people that he did and how he, he got to those conclusions. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. <laughs> uh, and hopefully it works. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I think this is the will. first time. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited for, it. I think it will. I think it's going to be a fun show. Um, my fourth question for you is, um, being an athlete throughout your whole life and a professional wrestler, um, you mentioned like you had some injuries previously. What's the best story behind like an injury that you have? Um, what is the best, the best story? Um, surely I got to have like a great concussion story, right? Like surely (laughs) I've got to have one. Um, I, I don't know if this is like the the best one. This is definitely it's it might be the best one because it's also like the most scariest, but also like the aftermath is kind of funny too, I guess. So like at AAW one time, uh, I was wrestling Ace Perry and I wanted to like do like a gift thing. I wanted to be like, oh, I'm gonna get a cool gift right here. Okay, so I had been working on. Um, in training, I've been working on doing a shooting star senton off the middle rope because, like, you see people do them off the top. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do it off the middle. It's going to be cool, um, which I stole that totally from Joe Lando, which you can follow him on Twitter. I think at just Joe Lando. I totally stole that from him. Um, <laughs> but I was I went to do it and I didn't jump like out far enough. So my tailbone kind of landed like right in Ace Perry's like stomach. So when it happened, I just whiplashed backwards and just smoked my head, knocked myself out like instantly. And I, next thing I know, like 
like for me, it just goes out, but it doesn't feel like I go out. Like next thing I know I'm up and I feel him punch me. And then, uh, he hits me with a cutter and that's one, two, three. And I'm thinking, okay, like we got there. And then I go to the back and everyone's like asking me if I'm okay and stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, dude, you got knocked out. And I was like, no, I didn't. Like I felt everything. Like I felt like the, this and that, like I was naming like all the stuff that happened, but then all these people are telling me that I got knocked out and I'm really confused. Like, because I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, da- Danny, uh, the promoter, he comes up to me, asks me, like, I'm like, gosh, like, why is everybody freaking out? Like, this is not a big deal. Like, I was like, I, maybe for a split second, I didn't move, but I was fine. And then uh, the more I thought about, it, the more I realized that I didn't like see anything for like the next two minutes. Like, I like I was just, I was feeling him do stuff to me, but I couldn't see him. So like, my brain was just like wiped. Yeah, it was like, so, and then. Um, and then I, I came home and I was like still kind of in denial. I was like, I'm fine. Like, okay, maybe I got knocked out, but like, I'm fine. Like not a big deal. And then the next day I had like the worst headache I've ever had. Like I was literally just like, Oh my gosh. Like, okay. That's why it was just funny to me, like in hindsight to have to be like, I, I didn't have a, I wasn't knocked out. Okay. Maybe I was knocked out, but like, it was like a freak thing. My head's Okay. And then I had to like 180 that and be like, oh, okay, I messed myself up pretty bad, pretty badly, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably like, I guess the the funniest like injury story I've had. And then because I didn't like hit the move as cleanly either as I wanted to, like it didn't, uh, it like nothing came of it. So like it was just like it was just me knocking myself out for for fun basically. So. so. And you're hoping it's not a gift now. I'm hoping it's – I'm sure, like, when – because, like, you know those guys who, like, just, like, love wrestling and they're, like, watching it all the time? I know, like, in a couple years that's going to be on YouTube is, like, best botch – like, greatest botches that, like, resulted in injury or guys getting knocked out compilation or whatever. I know it's going to be, like, on those videos in the future. Somebody's just got to come across it and be like, wow, this guy is a, a big old dummy, isn't he? So <laughs> – all right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, it, um, was, it was pretty scary. I mean, I, I mean, at the time, I didn't think so because I was like trying to be like a tough guy and like, oh, that didn't happen. It didn't happen, but it did. So, <laughs> um, it's time for your fifth and final question for me in this round. Okay, so the the last question I have for you because I've, I've watched like I've watched like an episode and a half of this podcast to kind of prepare. Um, yeah. So. I got to know, and this has probably been answered like a million times. So this is going to be my boring question to you, but I have to know, like, like why Arby's like, like, why is that the thing? So, <laughs> um, Arby's, uh, to me is a couple things. They, um, first of all, I, like I've always liked their, their food, even like as a kid, because it wasn't mm-hmm. like every other restaurant. So it was like, you weren't going and getting like hamburgers and you know what I mean? Like they had different things. Yeah. I really like two things that they do. Um, so my corporate job is in marketing and I think that they do, um, really interesting, like marketing and campaigns and promotions. And so they'll do things like they'll have like great Twitter presence and like people that are like really big into like, uh, dungeons and dragons will like tweet them. And so then they like release some weird merchandise that's like, specific to that little niche group of people. Um, I also think that they take a lot of, they, they do a lot of things to continually progress their menu, whether it's like a limited thing or like something that they bring on full time. So it could be everything from like 
the venison, which is not for me, but like they have that, you know, like they have that sandwich now that's like so spicy that like it comes with a free milkshake. Like, I just feel like they're like, they're constantly like pushing and like, you know, testing and learning and like continuously not being complacent. Um, and, and I just, re- I do really just like their food if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I, if you would have just said that, I would have had to just take that as is be like, I like their food. I'm just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm glad you gave like a, a detailed like explanation. Cause I thoroughly enjoy those. So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I think my wife is like, you know, like if we're going to grab like something from a drive through or like something quick, you know, like I'm a, almost always say that I like, if I, if I were picking, like we would go to Arby's, I'm sure sometimes she's like, give it a break, man. Like we just yeah. had Arby's like last week or whatever. Right. And um, you, so you look at her and go blasphemy and then you just, <laughs> and then you just go <laughs> drive through anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, this is a, chi- this is a tip for you going, what well, you probably already know since you're engaged, but, um, I just put it back on her because she can't ever make a decision anyway right. on what she wants to eat. So usually it'll like come back to me then anyway. And so I'll be like, well, I gave you a chance, but you know. You yeah. The, the eternal battle of being in a relationship with somebody is um, trying to consider what they want to eat. They're also trying to consider what you want to eat. So you both just say, oh, you pick, you yeah. know, and then, and, then, and then you're just both at uh, a crossroads for like the, the end of time. So yeah. I've just started picking. Okay. Like yeah, once it comes to me, I'm like, I'm just going to run with this. Like yeah. if, if you really want something, like say it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'll say it well, one time I'll say like, what do you want? And then if like, you don't have a good answer or nothing is like calling to you, then I'm just going to make a decision. Cause I don't have like three hours to debate. Yeah. So, so does this ever happen to you guys then where it's like, uh, they'll, they'll put it on you and you're like, all right, here. And they're like, uh, I don't want that. And then you're oh, yeah. like, you're like, oh, but I thought you didn't care. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I do it happens. Too, to be fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it happens like three times a week at least. So yes, a hundred percent. Um, my fifth question for you and final question for you is, um, what was your very first job and how did you spend your first paycheck? Uh, my very first job was I worked at Pet Supplies Plus when I was a teenager. Um, okay. And it was um, it, it was like a pet place, obviously, but it was like like my main responsibility was like stocking the shelves and like cleaning um, the dog bath. Like because I didn't like have to do like anything with animals. Like I didn't have to actually like, bathe them, but like yeah. I had to like clean up after they were done and stuff like that. Those, those were my main two uh, responsibilities and I blew money as a teenager. So like, I, I can imagine that my first paycheck probably just went to like gas stations food, like as boring <laughs> as that is, that's probably what it went to realistically. Bro, that's so, where my um, paychecks go now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like some, some things never change, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. Can't take it with you. <laughs> That's what I say. Um, no, awesome. I, it's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move into the third round, which is the fortune teller, the fast friends fortune teller. So I have this paper fortune teller. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Uh, the first question is, and for all of these, assume that we are in a car on a road trip. Um, okay. So the first question I ask is uh, for you to start a playlist of boy bands. Um, okay. would, for the first song, would you pick In Sync, 98 Degrees, Baxter Boys, or One Direction? Um, whoo, that's tough. Um, I would say probably in sync cause I grew up, I grew up with them. So that's probably what it would be for me. 
Okay. Do you have a favorite NSYNC song? Um, I, I mean, it, it's, you, you got to belt like, well, you got two songs you can belt with your whole chest. You got, uh, it's going to be May and yes, it's pronounced May, not me. So, <laughs> uh, and then you got bye, bye, bye. Like, uh, like those are the two staple songs. Everybody knows them. You turn them on in a car, everybody's singing. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. We stopped for snacks at a gas station, which is great considering our last conversation. Right. Um, but out of these four snacks, would you pick corn nuts, Cheez-Its, Sour Patch Kids, or Milk Duds? Oh man. So, so here's the thing. I would have to be picking it for you to eat because I couldn't eat any of these right now just with my diet. So like what I would say is, but, but actually they do have like these vegan Cheez-Its. So if they have those, like that's what I would be going for. Those would be fire. So none of these are vegan. Corn nuts aren't Um, vegan. It I don't know. I, I don't know either. Um, so, so the Sour Patch Kids, possibly. It just depends, though. It really, okay. it really depends. So I would like I have to like read the like ingredients and stuff like that. But if I was factoring that out, I was like a big Cheez Its guy. So like I would probably go with that in general. And they have vegan Cheez Its, so that's cool. So <laughs> I love Cheez Its. Um, so my last question is: We stop at a at a. This is going to be a hard question too. Uh, but we stop at a, a, an exit to go through a drive through. Would you pick Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's or Arby's out of those four? Uh, you're, you're going to be really disappointed in me, but it's, it's, it's Burger King. Uh, no, I'm not disappointed. Of- Okay. Um, I, I figured if it wasn't Arby's, I would just inherently like lose. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely Burger King for me. Um, because they have like the, they have like the impossible burger and then they have like, uh, like I can have like fries and like a bunch of other stuff too. Although I was pleased to find this out recently cause I didn't know this. Uh, McDonald's apple pies are, uh, are, are something that I could eat. So I'm, I'm very, very happy with that actually. Cause I did not know. Wow. That. Yeah. Like Me I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised. So, uh, if we were stopping for like an apple pie, like cool, we're, we can stop at McDonald's, but, uh, but if we're stopping for a whole meal, it's probably gotta be a uh, burger King for me. All right. All right. See, here's the thing. This is the, the reality of this is that all four of those are good picks for me. Like okay. I wouldn't be mad about any of them. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So underneath Burger King this week is the game. Never have I ever. Um, so I have, uh, five cards from the a card game of the same name. Never have I ever that I'll just randomly read. Um, and so after I read them, you can say, yes, I have, or no, I haven't. And if you, We'll just pretend like we're drinking. I'm having Diet Coke. But uh, you could take a drink to say, like, yes, I have done that, so I have to drink. Um, You know how to play this. You went to college. (laughs) So the first is, never have I ever had uncontrollable gas at work. And I'm absolutely drinking to that. Yeah, you know, I'm at, I got got some water right here. I'll I'll, I'll drink to that as well, so. (laughs) It's the worst when your stomach is, like, your stomach is hurting. And, like, people can hear it. Like, if you're in a meeting and people, it's like, it's like. Churning. <laughs> yeah, I had so when I first like switched like my diet, uh, I consumed a lot of beans to like get protein, and like my stomach was not ready for that. And yeah, it was a nightmare. I being in public <laughs> places, I, I had like dreadful experiences being in public because I was like, man, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Um, never have I ever said I'm never drinking again. Oh yeah. <laughs> never have I have I. Uh, I, I, yeah, I probably have to just cause I, I probably said that at least once in my college days, I'm sure. So, oh, uh, I used to say it 
every week. <laughs> every week, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would get like I was actually really good my senior year about like I would get like like just plastered and then I would always drink a bunch of water before I went to bed and that would like reduce my my hangover like immensely the next day. So good for you. Yeah, I never <laughs> I never um I never got good at that. So it, it's hard uh, to remember. I I kept it by my bed before I could forget. So <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever had friends with benefits sex. Mm, I actually haven't had that. No, I, I yeah, um, never. No. Never have I ever danced on a table at a wedding. On a table. I'm too heavy for that. <laughs> I I just I just don't have the um I don't have the what, what you would call. I'm trying to think of like a positive word to describe this. I just don't have like that type of ability in me. Like one, I can't dance. Two, I just don't have the the inner ability to be like, man, I'm so confident. I don't have the inner confidence to do that. That's not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last one is never have I ever <laughs> sharded. So sh- farted, uh, but shit. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, come I've, on. I've absolutely done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think everybody has, it's guy. You can't, yeah. you gotta, gotta be careful. Your body will deceive you sometimes. <laughs> Abs- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for playing. Never have I ever. Um, this is the point we've been building to the entire podcast. So in the spirit of Facebook, I'm going to send you a metaphorical friend request. So Braden Lee, Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request based on the time that we've spent together and hanging out. Would you confirm or delete the friend request? I would confirm for sure. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we're friends, if you're listening at home and you want to tell us what we should do the first time that we hang out, you can either hit either of us up on Twitter or Instagram um, or even text or call the podcast at 872-267-2735. Braden, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media and follow you? Uh, sure. So I'm on Twitter at the Braden Lee and I'm on Instagram at Braden Exley. And I believe my Facebook page is also at Braden Exley. And typically I just post like, uh, you know, workout stuff or whatever shows I'm going to be at. So, uh, yeah, give me a follow, interact with me if I do post questions. Cause I'm trying, trying to be more active on social media, trying to post more, uh, engaging content. So it's a struggle, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> it, is. It, it feels like a chore sometimes, but yeah. I'm trying not to make it like that. I'm trying to make it fun. Cause it should be fun, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Have a great evening. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the fast friends podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe. So you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.